Let's go! To Sunday's finest uh, fantasy football podcast, I'm your co-host, Mason Paws. And I'm your co-host, Jake Nagy. Jake, how are you feeling this week? It's week six. Things are uh, things are moving fast, um, but but uh, where are you at? How are you feeling about your team? Well, another podcast, and uh, Ryan and I are still undefeated, man. Uh, feeling pretty good, pretty excited about um, how the season's gone so far. You know, there's definitely some some guys we did tons of homework on and invested in. They've paid off, and then there've just been some some things that have really gone our way, man. And um, I'm definitely I'm feeling the most nervous uh, as than I have all season going into week seven against Riley. We'll get into that a little bit later, but uh, so far so good, man. Cannot complain about six and zero. How are you feeling? Yeah. Uh, I'm feeling all right, you know. Um, I feel like my team's probably better than it's played so far, um, and and has some formula for looking up. You know, um, three and three is not a great place to be. And then I also am kind of standing in a precarious position where I have C-Mac on by this week, so you don't, like, really love my chances of winning. And then I play you all the following week, and then, like, oh, man, like, if both of those go south for me, I'm staring at three and five, and my margin for error doesn't look so great. I'm also saying this after watching the U.S. just be an absolute dumpster fire in, <laughs> in um, uh, national team soccer, so I'm sure I'm uh, letting the darkness envelop me a little bit. Yeah, Mason and I are, are both in a pretty bitter state after watching that match. And uh, if we just come out and try to blame all of your teams, roasting them, don't take it personally. We're just not in a good mood right now. <laughs> yeah, but it's okay. It's okay. I have my chamomile tea. got my honey in there. Um, I'm starting to feel soothed already. Um, yeah, so why don't you tell me about what we got for the uh, episode today? Yeah, we are, believe it or not, boys, almost halfway through the regular season. Six weeks down, seven weeks to go before playoff time. Today, we are going to go through the Week 6 Power Rankings created by the one and only Trent Earps. And we're going to use that to kind of do a little bit of uh, where are we at? Is uh, this team going to be competing for last? Are they going to miss the playoffs? Are they going to make the playoffs? Or are they contending for the number one overall seed and regular season championship? Yeah, so you have the format there. Um, we're going to try and do this quick so that we don't linger on every single team. So we're going to do a literal two-minute drill on each team. We're uh, going to have about minute 15, minute 30 of uh, personal analysis and then a chance to respond. And then we'll we'll hit the buzzer and move on. Think a little bit of the uh, around-the-horn style um, where we get points for absolutely nothing. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think you've got the first one. So you want to kick us off? Yeah, man. Hopefully. Uh... Oh, 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 oh. Before I go any further, also, later on in the pod, I have an awesome guest coming on, bringing on Alex Lott, who thoroughly deserves to be on the pod after we flamed him nonstop on the last one. And then he's put together two very strong showings since then. So looking forward to that as well. Yes, we are indeed. I, uh, I hope that, you know, Mason, if this two-minute drill, if I'm running out of time, then maybe I can just call up the refs from uh, Monday Night Football. Have them call a little uh, hands to the face, extend the drive, and can go well over two minutes. So, yeah, I'm not bitter about anything, Mason. I'm definitely yeah, not sure, bitter. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, just give me just give me a call and pay me a little extra. Um, say my name is Robert Kraft, and and then I'll get you what you need. There it is. There it is. Well, with that, we are going to dive into our rankings. Two. Coming in at number 14, 
Mr. ISHN himself, Andrew Fry. Oh, Andrew. Oh, man. I, I'm feeling for you, buddy. Um, Andrew doesn't sit at the bottom of the standings, but he does come uh, in 14th out of 14 in the power rankings with, uh, yeah, just 627 points for. That is the season low. Andrew, we said at the beginning of the season he needed to make a big trade, make a big splash to really uh, have any chance. And he's made a, a move, but I wouldn't say it's enough to really change things up. He spent a lot of fab dollars already, but man, it's it's slim picking these days. Uh, we, we said all along that, you know, the Freeman brothers at running back would need to be uh, pretty great for him to, to perform well. Royce Freeman's coming in at RB27. That's a low-end RB2. And uh, Devontae Freeman's coming in at RB14. That's a low-end RB1. It's about what we expected. Not enough to carry this team, man. Baker was picked fifth overall. He's currently QB25. And we can see that for most teams at the bottom of the standings, having a QB or a tight end be just a hole every single week has been a struggle. And Mason, three of six weeks, Andrew's team has scored less than 85 points. Dude, Oof. that is a flop Oof. every other week. And uh, I just... yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know how you can be fighting for much more than last place uh, when you're yeah. close to five or less. Yeah, I keep wanting to give him chances because I, I do believe in Devonta Freeman. I do believe in Keenan Allen, obviously, and, and Edelman's starting to look more like midseason form than early season. But, man, they just keep not stringing it together at the same time. And also the Chargers just look bad. And so all yeah. of a sudden the guy who is a lone bright spot in his team – suddenly looks like a guy who, you know, could be like you, you you could feel for him. And then they played the Titans this week, which you don't love either. Um, so what's your final verdict on Andrew? My final verdict is that when your potential keeper Keenan Allen is subtweeting his own team, things are not going well. Andrew is going to miss the playoffs, but I don't think he's going to come in last. Whoa. Made it just in time. Look at there that. you go, just in time. Yeah, moving on, moving on to the next team. That's uh, 13th in the power rankings and Trent's power rankings is Jake Davis. The juice is loose at standing at two and four. Um, here's a team, you know, I think it's better than than where it is in the power rankings. We were talking about right before we started potting, Jake, how close the power rankings are and a lot of it. And I think this is a guy maybe who deserves to be a little bit higher. Um, but being at two and four in this part of the season is not something that you love. Um, however, I think the bones here are here for like a pretty good team. Um, like there's, you know, um, Le'Veon, there's Chris Carson, there's Amari Cooper, and then Kittle's starting to look better as well. Um, but man, I, I, it's tough being at two and four and not having a team that I'm thrilled about. And so like when your quarterback is, is throwing for 27 yards starting the fourth <laughs> quarter, and you're still going to roll him out the next week, you know, I mean, I'm sure he'll bounce back against the Falcons, but it, it's just like, there's, there's not a lot of guys here. I think that I can consistently trust um, other than maybe like Chris Carson and, and Le'Veon Bell. Um, and even Lev, you know, I mean, Sam Darnold's first game back and you'd think that Lev would be, you know, rejuvenated by that. And he still only had uh, 12 points. So I don't know. Um, it's a team that I think is going to do better and is probably going to go on a little bit of a tear because the schedule lightens up pretty well, but the the margin for error is pretty small, so my verdict is missing the playoffs. Where are you at here? Yeah, I think that's a fair analysis. And uh, frankly, usually when we say a team is going to do poorly, they turn things around. <laughs> and we're saying that yeah, Jake has classic. a chance to turn things around, so I guess he probably is not going to. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I, again, I think he's got solid bones for a team, but... 
I don't know if there's enough to really pull himself out of the hole. Although being two and four, man, you're you're two or three good week, weeks away from being right back in uh, the playoff hunt. So mm-hmm. um, it's true. The margin for error is just so much smaller. Yeah, he's got a chance, but I think he also misses the playoffs. It's true. That. That's the, that's the alarm. Move us on. Two minutes. Coming in at number 12 on the power rankings is Chase Darst, hair of the dog, the squad, whose team name is the only thing that has changed less than his quarterbacks, Drew Brees, Jimmy Garoppolo, Case Keenum. Case freaking Keenum started in Sunday's finest this season. <laughs> and now Teddy Bridgewater coming in. Oh, man, Chase, I'm feeling for you, dude. Tyreek, you know, the injury really hurts his squad, man. Uh, I think it's kind of what he built this team around. He had one of the, the later first-round picks. And when your 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 keeper goes down early with an injury, it's it's yeah, man, it's hard to turn things around. I think RB has been pretty unfortunate for Chase. Um, when you look at things, Josh Jacobs has had two good games and a nothing burger in between. LaShawn McCoy, Latavius Murray, Tariq Cohen, all gambles that these guys can kind of turn things around. They've had good careers. They are all washed. Hollywood Brown post thirty in week one. Chase, do you trade him? Do you keep him? He keeps him. Probably should have traded him. Chase also has three games where he scored under 100 points. That is not very good. Uh, and I think that he is probably Andrew's biggest competition for coming in dead last. And my bet is that Chase comes in 14th place. The ISHN handle is passed on to Mr. Darst. Mason, where do you see Chase at? Yeah, I think he's avoided it so far. So at least he's not a repeat guy, which would just be brutal for Andrew to be a repeat guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, you like having Tyreek Hill back. That's the pop guy that he needs to, you know, like win some weeks. That's like definitely going to help. And then also, I mean, I like Josh Jacobs. I think that, you know, he's growing into more of a trusted role with the Raiders. Like, I don't think last week's a blip. I think it's more of the norm, but then after that, there's just, there's just nothing. Uh, I mean, he had to start Latavius Murray, who literally doesn't even have a starting position in the NFL (laughs) and running back. This last week, and, and now he's going to start LaShawn McCoy, who, if I'm not mistaken, had zero points last week. Um, yep. But that's moving us on. Um, so, I don't know. I'm, I'm with you. I think I think he comes in last, probably. His pizza meme um, was on point, though. And if that pizza meme can really just be the thing he needed to turn things around, then, yeah. Good luck to you, Chase. Yeah, that's good. I'm also going to turn off the alarm because it's really annoying. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so moving on. Um, number 11 of the power rankings is Jackson um, I'm going to ask you something. Ask what me. do all of the wide receivers on Jackson's team have in common? Oh, man. Uh, they're all really, eh? Well, they're all actually in the top 20 in fantasy. Really? Wow. Yeah. You wouldn't think it because they've all been kind of steady. I mean, Evans has been kind of up and down. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 there's good wide receivers here and they keep doing it. It's not like it's just been like a blip and then like some bad weeks. Like they, they're all been, they've all been consistent. Maybe Evans, not so much as the others. Um, but even then he has that zero in his, in his, uh, history, but nothing else horrible other than that here. The problem is the running backs. Mixon has been terrible. Montgomery is running back 35 right now. And Tevin Coleman, yeah, he looks all right. But if that's your best running back, like, I don't care if you have three top 20 wide receivers. Like, this game is kind of won and lost on the strength of, you know, like, pass-catching running backs. And, like, those weeks that go, like, for 30, 35 points, not wide receivers that consistently go for, like, 15 or 16, right? Um, So, I I mean, I think he's got, like, a a, a decent team. and, And, like, other than, obviously, the ones that are aforementioned, but um, even so, I think the schedule coming up can be like a little bit tough. 
Um, and so I think he'll kind of like seesaw back and forth, but I think eventually he'll just end up missing the playoffs. Where are you at on Jackson? Yeah, man, when your keeper at running back rushes for 17 or less yards, 17, one seven, not 70, less than 17 yards in 50% of games this season. Oh, boy. That's, uh, yeah, not the formula for making the playoffs. I think he, he probably misses out as well. Yeah, that's fair. What's next? All right, next at number 10 is one Alex Lott, Gruden Grinders, the man who <laughs> just has had his heart ripped out, thrown on the ground, stomped on, danced on over and over and over again. Mason, how many of Alex's five losses have been by seven points or less this season? <sighs> I'm going to go three. Four of his five losses. Have oh, been my by gosh. Seven points or less. He lost by five to Jake Davis. Five-point loss in week one. A seven-point loss to Jackson in week two. A seven-point loss to Riley in week four. And a one-point loss to Trent and Hunter in week six. Alex has not posted under 100 points even once this season. He has outscored Connor and Madison, who are both four and two, by almost 10 points a game. And he's sitting at one and five. I mean, I just, I don't even know what to say. I feel, I just, I feel for you, Alex, um, especially when you think about the fact that his keeper, Antonio Brown, if he had a keeper who was plugging in a wide receiver, right now he's got yeah. Ridley, Fuller, and Diggs. They all, are all wide receiver twos, but they all have had huge swings. If you replace mm-hmm. one of those guys each week with Antonio Brown or even someone with even less than Antonio Brown, but just right. someone like 16 at points a week, 15 points a week. Yeah, he wins. He wins every yeah. single one of those games. It just Alex could be five and one. No question. And he's sitting at one and five. It's tragic, man. Kyler has been yeah. more than fine. Um, I think that maybe one of the other things that I would say about Alex is that none of his running back sleeper picks, Malcolm Brown, Henderson, Pollard, none of them have really paid off. So the later part of the draft has kind of hurt him. I don't know, man. Anything to add on Alex? Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. Like, he's been, I, I think he's the poster child for why fantasy is, like, I think at least, like, probably a little bit more about luck than it is about skill because, like, he's got a good team, he's had good weeks, and he just can't keep getting it done. Um, but, I mean, he's positioned well, like, could see a little bit of a resurgence. I don't know. I mean, like, you love that he has Evan Ingram and then obviously Alvin Kamara. Like, he's just, just a solid man but yeah i don't think you're gonna find a lot of consistency and i think the thing that his team is missing like you mentioned is that player that like just like you know 15 16 points a week at least with pop potential that keeper player and then like i would have him you know power ranked near the top so yeah uh condolences to alex but um he'll be be on later in the show to talk more about that and his his uh run of luck so moving on uh we arrive at john thompson who's power ranked number nine um, just call me reckless is at three and three right now. And certainly he was reckless with that trade. Um, the story here is the running backs, because honestly, outside of the running backs, there's not much going on. Um, but I'm going to ask you something. How many touchdowns does Aaron Jones have this year? Oh man. It's been about all he's done. <laughs> right. Eight and eight oh. and six games, eight and six games. Now, if you ask me, do you, do you think that's sustainable? No, I do not. <laughs> Probably not. Like he's on a decent offense, with like they're gonna score a lot of touchdowns. But I don't think he scores. I mean, he's on pace for what, like twenty touchdowns. I don't. I don't think that's achievable. That's basically what Todd did last year. Um, how many carries does he average in games that Jamal Williams plays? Oh, sheesh. Well, I mean, Williams was looking like the better back in the back half of yesterday's game. I, 
I'd say 15, maybe. Yeah, lower than that, 13. In games that Jamal Williams plays, he averages 13 carries. So there's a guy who, you know, is basically like his RB1, for lack of a better way to say it, because Todd Gurley, you know, you put your faith on him, and he's been like fine, but more of like a back-end RB1, like like high-end RB2. Like, I I don't think that's like where I want my faith to be on a guy who's basically in a timeshare and then on a guy who, you know, he's on a great offense, he's uber-talented, but just like doesn't look like himself. However... I will say I like carry on Johnson and I think Allen Robinson is better than people give him credit for. So he has enough, I think there to like, you know, make up for the lack of a top player. And then I also just think that Darren Waller is a huge asset at tight end in a league where we're starved for tight ends. Um, And so like the schedule for John down the stretch is very nice. Only has to play like a handful of teams over 400 or 500. And so my verdict here is that he's actually going to make the playoffs. Mm. What do you think? I can see it, man, for sure. I think when uh, his trade with Alex went down, I was kind of kind of surprised he traded Kamara. I know that's been his guy for a while, and uh, it certainly was a bit of a reckless move. And, yeah, you look at it now, though, I mean, the news just came in as a time of recording that Kamara's questionable for Sunday. Um, all the guys who are kind of swapped on that deal come with big question marks, and yeah, I think there's enough talent on John's team for him to make a playoff push. It's tight. It's tight, man. Um, there's a lot of teams vying for that, but I think the strength, or the you know, the strength of schedule for him is really going to be something that will pay dividends when it's coming down the stretch. Yeah. And there's a lot of teams. That it all great. matters who you play. It all it matters who you play, as Alex knows all too well. Why don't you move us along? Yeah, coming in at number eight, which is a bit shocking to me, is Riley Hayes, Mister Restore the Roar. Easily, I think he is the most underrated team in this week's rankings. But uh, when you look at the rankings from four to eight, when you look at the formula Trent has created, it is almost dead even. So I think you could probably shuffle these teams up uh, between four and eight. But again, Riley does come in at, at number eight. Being a fluke fumble away with Odell from being five and one, though, um, I think I'd probably have Riley closer to, to number four. But yeah, man, the guys we expected to get hurt or be a bust, Cook, Fournette, Henry, they all look amazing. So yeah, Lenny has home. looked amazing. Like yes. just, I just can't believe we all let him drop two rounds, and he looks like a bona fide RB one. A hundred percent, man. I think the thing that is um, the problem here for Riley would be wide receiver. Mason, I'm going to ask you this: out of this group, where does Odell Beckham rank in fantasy football? DJ Shark, DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, Brandon Cooks, and Odell. Where does Odell? Uh, fit between those five guys i think he ranks above brandon cooks and dj moore he ranks number four only above brandon cooks um he's being outscored by dj shark who was a last round pick made by you for jake davis he's outscoring dj moore who most of us feel like is pretty eh but he's he's outscoring odell and Terry mclaurin who's just lighting the world on fire right now so i think riley's definitely uh it's kind of wild to think about that he could have kept Lev or James Conner to add to Dalvin, Fournette, and Henry. Um, but regardless, man, 4-2, and two, he's sitting at a, a pretty good spot right now. Five of Riley's six games this season, he has scored between 119 and 132 points. So that's very good consistency. I 100% think he makes the playoffs. But I think without a big play-wide receiver right now, it's not looking like that's going to be Odell in this offense. 
And without an explosive QB, I kind of wonder if he's got enough to really make it all the way for a, to title contention. But I definitely think Riley makes the playoffs. What do you think? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I think he's a playoff team. Yeah, I mean, you kind of said most of it. I think like Der- Derrick Henry is kind of maybe due for a bit of a downturn. The schedule gets a little bit tougher, if I'm not mistaken. Actually, no, it doesn't. Um, I mean, they've got Carolina, Jacksonville. Um, I mean, other than that, it's really not that scary. But still, I mean, I think that like, yeah. He might like struggle without a wide receiver pop guy, but when you're getting literally the 40 points a week from your two top RBs, and like I mean he's rolling Josh Allen out, and Josh Allen's getting you know 17, 18 points a week, like I, yeah, there's there's nothing to not like about this team, and and I like him to make the playoffs, so I'm with you. Yeah. Um, moving us on to number six. Um, oh, hold on. Actually, we're gonna no, do no, number no. Yeah, seven. Yeah, you, you, you again. Yeah, that's on me. That's right. No problem. Number seven is one Mason Paws C-Mac attack. And, uh, yeah, C-Mac is attacking. The question is whether the rest of this squad can do much of it <laughs> to help him out. Um, honestly, man, last week, after week five, I think you were the team I was most scared of, just thinking about teams at the top. But I'm starting to worry a little bit about your squad. I mean, again, C-Mac is rolling, period. The guy is going to be a league winner this season. I just think it's a, a question of whether you've got enough pieces to help him do that. Dak was a fantastic pick, specifically thinking about these first three weeks of the season. Um, honestly, still, the Cowboys have looked rough the last three weeks, but he's still putting up pretty solid fantasy numbers. He's QB6 right now. I think that the question for you is going to be what's happening at wide receiver. Um, and honestly, what's happening at RB2. The Chargers just aren't using Melvin the way you probably banked on. And you, if you had told me after week one, when Sammy Watkins just lights the world on fire, Robert Woods has uh, eight catches, Josh Gordon gets a touchdown, and then Antonio Brown is gone. If you had told me that that core would struggle by week six, I would have been uh, pretty surprised. And I am pretty surprised. None of them look like they're doing a whole lot for you right now. So my analysis is this. Kelsey's got to return to his 2018 form. And I think you probably need to have everybody on the block who's not named Christian McCaffrey. You got a solid team. I think you make the playoffs. But uh, yeah, I think some of the the venom feels like it's come out of your fangs since since week five. And and I'm curious what what you're gonna do to to make that late season push. Yeah, we'll see what the what the push happens there. I mean, I still think that there's like a lot of positive regression available here. I mean, I think that you know, I mean, that just might be being mean me being delusional because you know everybody likes their players more than everybody else does. But I mean, Robert Woods is still averaging eight targets a game in in a good offense. Um, and then like obviously Travis Kelsey hasn't caught any touchdowns this year, and you have to imagine that number goes up. Like Melvin Gordon, like yeah, the Chargers have looked terrible, but like they're 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 giving him the touches and the role that he had last year and i think if they even figure it out a little bit on the offensive line then all of a sudden he's an rb2 so yeah i mean it's it definitely like looks pretty bleak right now but i like myself to kind of maybe as long as i can survive this next two game stretch you know maybe make an upswing and make that playoff push i think so um Moving us on to uh, number six in the power rankings is Trenton Hunter, which is two cooks in the kitchen, standing at three and three. Um, I'm glad that you said the thing that you did about the rankings being so close and eight to four, because this is just one that I did not see being this high. Um, This is a team that has struggled to put up points. There are only two teams lower than them in points for, and that's after an 130 point week, which is probably one of the best weeks that they've had. Yeah, it's weird because the bones seem good. Like, like the team seems good because they have Zeke, 
James Conner, Tyler Rocket, Matt Ryan, but they just like can't they can't like you know get past the 15 point weeks. They're not putting up the 25 point weeks that you need those players to put up. And the thing that I'm seeing with them is that I mean, they're waiting on Chris Herndon to come back at tight end. Now the Jets looks better this week, but like I I mean, there's no world where you can convince me that Chris Herndon's going to be a top 10 tight end. And so there's going to be a hole there. And then other than that, I mean, I, I like, I don't really think, you know, John Brown's like fine, like maybe like 25 ish. And then I hate Brandon cooks. Like he's just like the definition of boomer bust. They also have a tough schedule down the stretch, which as we've seen schedule matters so much. They play two teams that are four and two in the next two games. And so my verdict here is that they'll probably lose the next two and it'll be hard to get back and they'll probably miss the playoffs by a small margin. What do you see? Yeah, I think that's uh, pretty spot on, man. If you told me uh, when you made that trade last year, Zeke for McCaffrey, um, I was pretty surprised, but I think that they are probably regretting that a bit. Right about now, C-Mac is hands down the best player in fantasy football this season. And it's not that Zeke's been bad. He's RB8. But, um, yeah, man, that offense is – the whole team, the whole organization is struggling a bit right now. And, yeah, again, there's there's guys who can pop off. Lockett looks pretty good. Uh, but the holes just feel glaring again. Jared Cook at tight end is a major yikes. Um, and, yeah, man, I think Matt Ryan uh, is QB5, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he's and, pretty good, yeah. I think if he can continue to hold on, they're going to have a chance every single week. But, yeah, dude, I'd, I'd probably pick them to miss the playoffs as well. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. All right, well, I'll move us along again uh, to number five, and that's Steph's Secure the Bag, three and three. And here's another team that I think is in trouble. He started 2-0, and since then, he's 1-3. In those weeks, I talked about Austin Eckler's regression, and I never thought that he would regress you know, by this much, like last week he was still good because he caught 16 passes or whatever, which is just stupid. But anyway, like, I mean, he had like seven points this week and then all of a sudden, you know, he's counting on Damian Williams, who basically didn't show up this week for work and Austin Eckler as two of his starting players. Now, Adams should help out. And then like DJ Chark has been nothing short of a revelation, but this is a team that, you know, basically looked like a juggernaut early in the season. And all of a sudden I think like looks pretty rough and pretty, pretty in trouble. However, I will say a lot of um, issues, a lot of sins are covered up by tight ends, a good tight end. And Mark Andrews has been that. So I think that there's enough things here for, for Steph to cobble together a uh, playoff run and then also if you look at his schedule he's another one who has a really nice end of season schedule only plays one team that is better than 500 down the stretch and so my verdict here is that he's gonna squeak in and make the playoffs yeah man i i think you've got a, a more bleak outlook on steph than than i do i i there's a lot of things here that i like uh marlon mack i think is <laughs> being slept on a little bit Devonte adams if he can stay healthy man uh i think is going to be able to make a a push late in the season as the, to regain the number one wide receiver spot in fantasy football. DJ Shark has been just week after week after week showing up. And if that doesn't go anywhere, I think he's he's definitely got a potential star uh, that's budding. And DJ Shark, Mark Andrews, again, is just an absolute stud at tight end. If he can make a trade to shore up a wide, uh, pardon me, a, another running back to pair with Marlon Mack, I think that He's got something there. And honestly, his bench, Robbie Anderson, Jamal Williams, Geronimo Allison, there's a couple of things to like there. 
move a couple of those guys, get another running back, and I think that Steph's got a, a better team than maybe you're giving him credit for. I definitely think he makes the playoffs too. Very fair, very fair. Um, what's next for us? Coming in at number four is Madison Ladder, Team DJ Juju. And I'm just going to say, Madison, first of all, congrats on the wedding. Blue ribbon, hands down, goes to Madison Ladder. We're stoked for you, man. If you are still on the honeymoon vibes, I want to caution you. You may want to tune out now because I am about to tear into this team. <laughs> Tenth most points for. That's not very good. This man has caught a lot of breaks. Mason, Madison has won two games while scoring less than 100 points. Less than you like that. Points. You Twice. like that. It's what we were roasting Andrew and Chase for, and he's gotten wins out of those games. What is the most amount of points that Madison has won by this season? Um, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> give it to me. Tell me. He has won by five, six, seven, and 11. Wow. Yeah. 11 points. That's impressive. I mean, come yeah. on, man. He's squeaking by. This team could be... Uh, this team could be 1-5, and 0-6, oh I think, if a few things don't go his way. Juju's coming in at wide receiver 34. Jarvis Lantry at wide receiver 28. I mean, if you told me that this was the case, I wouldn't have known a world that would exist in which he's 4-2, but that is the case. I also think that Madison has a pretty weak bench. I don't see that he has the depth that's really going to help him make a playoff push. Um, but I will say this, um, David Johnson has been absolutely carrying this team at RB5. The dude has um, 18 to 28 points in five of six weeks this season. That's what's carrying him for sure. And Cooper Cup has also been an absolute star. Goff looked like a trash can last week, but uh, hopefully the addition of Jalen Ramsey, the defense gets shored up a little bit. Goff's going to have a little bit more time to, to wait. To not have to rush things. And honestly, they just traded for an offensive lineman who I don't know a ton about, but hopefully if they can, can show up. Help. Yeah. Line, yeah, yeah, it can't get worse. Gurley comes mm-hmm. back, the ball gets spread around. When the Rams are healthy and firing, Cooper Cup is explosive. So I do think there's a lot there. Um, and finally, I mean, the refs will help Aaron Rodgers win at all costs. So that, that's sure, sure, nice sure. I, okay, <laughs> okay. So what's your final verdict on this team? This is the playoffs. If you haven't been able to tell by now, I think you missed it. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I mean, I think I think this is a team that I'll push back on and say that I actually, I, I still like it. Like, he hasn't really put up the points yet. But, I mean, he's still, I mean, he's generally projected around 120 every week, which is, like, that's, like, right where you want to be. And I think it just, like, some of it's been Rodgers underperforming. Some of it's been his guys not hitting at the same time. But I think he's got, you know, a bona fide RB1 in David Johnson. He's got a consistent RB2 in James White who could just catch his unreal amounts of passes. Cooper Cup, WR1. Juju, even though he struggled, I think his schedule gets better, and he's probably, you know, I don't know, WR2, something like that. And then, like, the tight end's not great. The flex isn't great. But, I mean, like, whose team has, like, good pieces of those? So, you know, I I think being at 4-2, and like, he's been lucky so far, but I think that can cover over um, some of the cracks in his team. And and I think, you know, he doesn't have to be as lucky as the rest of us the rest of the way. And so I'll push back and say that he does make the playoffs. All right, man. Um... Which leads me to my next team, the uh, the next four and two team um, and former roommate of Madison Ladder. That's Connor at Coolio Jones, r- ranking it at number three in the power rankings. This is the weirdest fantasy football team that I think I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it is the most top heavy team, unbelievably top heavy. But I think that that's actually like 
not as bad as everyone thinks it is. I think I would rather be top heavy than balanced because he gives himself a chance, a great chance for a guy to go off every week. And, you know, when somebody goes off, that typically wins you your matchup. You know, if somebody scores, you have 45, 40, whatever. Like that's that's going to win you your matchup, even if the rest of your team sucks. And so I think he's got that going for him. However, man, just the running backs, Michelle and Thompson, like, ugh gross i don't i mean i don't even have to like dive into the analysis there like they're just like you know chipping away getting 10 points but like is that gonna win you many weeks not really then he's starting noah fant at tight end um and then i also think i mean like boyd i thought was going to be kind of a rock solid flex guy but he's showing himself susceptible to how bad the Bengals can be and so you know even though he's so top heavy and so good with julio and michael thomas and then also you got to throw Russell Wilson in there playing like an MVP. Like, I, I just don't think that that's enough to keep pushing Connor to the finish line. And even though he's a four and two, I, st- I just like can't believe in a team that rolls out three and a half good players each week. And so I'll say that he misses the playoffs. What do you say? I I think that I maybe will give you the, the same treatment you gave to my analysis of Madison and say, I think there's maybe a few more things here than you're giving credit for. <coughs> oh, pardon me. Russell Wilson is putting up MVP statistics right now, man. I mean, he has been an absolute monster. 16, 24, 41, 14, 29, and 28. He's averaging 26 points a game. Yes, and that is the kind of thing that you need to bank on week after week after week and hope that someone like Sony Michelle, who absolutely has a ceiling that hasn't been reached all season, it can only go up. You've got to hope that, yeah, Tyler Boyd continues to still get as many targets as he's been getting, even when A.J. Green comes back. You've got to hope that, yeah, he can make something happen and shore up tight end or another running back spot. But I think that Russell Wilson, Julio Jones, and Michael Thomas have enough going for them to keep him in every game this season. And that's all you're looking for. He's 4-2. and two. Is he... Does he deserve to be four and two? I don't think so. He's probably more like a three and three or a two and four team, but he is four and two, period. That's where he's at. And I think he's got enough to keep him in every single game because of those top heavy guys, which is what you said. But I think that um, I think that the room for Sony Michelle and some other guys to step in and grow a little bit is there. I think he makes playoffs. That's fair. Um and and to your point, I will say, I'm I'm, I'm seeing what you're saying here. Guess just just how many points? I mean, so Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, Russell Wilson, all together, combine those yeah. three, they're averaging 20, or sorry, 67 points a game, just those three. That's already <laughs> halfway to, or more than halfway to 120, which is pretty much what you want to put up every week to have a chance of making the playoffs. Yeah. And that's three guys. I mean, like, yeah, he can he can roll out the crap, you know? Like, he can, he can take the four-point weeks from Chris Thompson if he's getting 67 points from three players. So I, yes. I see what you're saying there. 67 points, I'm pretty sure, is what uh, Andrew and Chase are averaging about every other week. So. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, be careful, though. Be careful. As uh, soon as we start true. crapping on a team, they're going to have a major resurgence. That's true. That's true. All right, man. Coming in at number two, Jacob and Zach, Saquanda forever. This is, without a doubt, now the team that I am most scared of. You've got the QB2 and Lamar Jackson, who we all laughed at a little bit and has continued to just be a stud. He can throw. He can run. He can do it all. Saquon Barkley, I think, has actually been to Wakanda with the rate at which he is healing so fast. He's the best fantasy football player in 2019, probably, when he's healthy. So if he can um, come back and not be tweaking it every other week, then they've got an absolute set at running back between Saquon Barkley, 
Mark Ingram. And then Miles Sanders, we trade him. And, uh, yeah, he looks like he's coming on. Darren Sproles is out now, so it's just him and Jordan Howard. I think they'll continue to pass more and more of that backfield over to Miles Sanders. If you want to roast him now, he's not on our team anymore, so I'll let you do that in uh, a couple seconds here. But <laughs> I think he's he's deep. This team is deep at running back. They're also deep at wide receiver. Uh, Thielen, obviously the Vikings are realizing that to win football games, you actually have to throw that pigskin every, you know, 15 or 20 plays. So mm-hmm. I think Thielen's stock is going up. I think T.Y. Hilton is finding a groove with Jacoby Brissett. I think he's going to continue to play well. And, um, yeah, man, I mean, they've got Larry Fitzgerald again after this trade. They've got Tyrell Williams. I think that they are deep at running back and wide receiver, which is what you need for a, a championship run. Yeah. I will say this, though. Who would you start between these two guys, Dawson Sprinkle and Jeremy Knox? That's a trick <laughs> question. I flipped their names, and most of you probably didn't even notice, because who the heck is Dawson Knox? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I mean, these guys literally got in a tight end auto drafted when they already had a tight end, and now that's what they've got. I mean, I'm just Here's I, the I don't crazy understand. thing. They spent 16 fab bucks on Dawson Knox. Not a single other team bid on him. <laughs> that is outrageous. But it's outrageous. I I can't blame them, man. They are killing but it's it right fine. now. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, they're 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 totally wrecking it, and they can spend 16 dollars on a no name player when they literally have no other holes anywhere else. You want to know why they can spend that? Because the Patriots defense, when the rest of us are trying to stream somebody, is currently one of the MVPs of fantasy football. So this team is... 22.5 points a game. It's unbelievable. Stupid. Um, yeah, I'm in agreement. I mean, I think this team is is really good. Like, it's it's there's no way two ways about it. I tried and tried and tried to get Adam Thielen after the week that he had the, you know, two receptions for six yards or whatever. Um, so like, I mean, obviously like he's just, he's just good. He's a WR one pretty much at this point. T Y Hilton has played like a WR one. And then like your flex is basically a WR two. And it's just like, Oh my gosh, like this team is good. And and the only thing that I think that they could do to mess this up is, you know, like trading too much away to get a tight end or something like that. Or I think if they don't make a move late in the season to try and get another higher upside player, um, because although like their team is very good and scoring a lot of points, like they have like really just like one real big boom player in Saquon and you probably want another one if you're going to try and like go for a championship. Yeah. So I think that's like the, you know, the, the piece that needs to be made. I mean, Miles Sanders, you know, I got to do my, my, my biweekly, uh, crapping on of Miles Sanders and why <laughs> I don't want, he has 18 points last week on six touches, six touches. <laughs> That's why we printed him. <laughs> that is not repeatable. And I mean, like, obviously, it doesn't matter. They don't they don't need to play Miles Sanders. So my crapping on him is completely irrelevant because their team is amazing other than that. But that's the last I'll say. And we'll just now let him sit quietly on Jacob and Zach's bench while they continue to win more games. Yep. Which leads me to the undefeated team and the team that you're most excited to hear about. I know, Jake. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is Country Road Take Mahomes. 6-0. Ryan Long, Jake Nagy, looks like an absolute wagon. A team that cannot be stopped right now. Here's what I will say, though. This is the one bad thing about your team. Is that no one wants to hear how good you think it is, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to sit here and talk and think about how you and Ryan are 11-1 and one in your last 12 or whatever you have to say on game day. But here's what I'm going to do is I'm just going to, you know, 
stick my tongue in my cheek and talk about how good your team is because it is absolutely amazing. And, and yeah, I mean, you are right to say that it's amazing. Um, this is a team that is averaging, I think, over 130 a week. I, I couldn't have that number right off the top of my head. Yeah. But yeah. the thing is, you guys, hit, you guys hit on every single pick, just every single one. Like Austin Hooper, close to the back end of the draft, is all of a sudden, you know, top three tied in. Chris Goblin is a WR1 as much as I crap on him. And I, I really only crapped on him just because of that one week you were trying to make me think that he was a WR1. And obviously <laughs> I was wrong because like he is, he's legit and he keeps doing it every single week. And then Nick Chubb was the Ural's first draft pick and he's been nothing short of amazing. And you guys are doing this, all of this, while DeAndre Hopkins is underperforming like by a long shot. And so like, I mean, if Nuke comes on, like I, I don't know if there's a team that he can beat you guys. So I will say, I don't think you guys go undefeated because, you know, with buys and stuff. And then uh, I don't think you've played either Jacob Zach or Riley, yeah, um, which are definitely like some of your biggest, uh, biggest uh, competition. But yeah, there's not many holes I see here. And my verdict here is that this is the regular season champion. Well, thank you, Mason. I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, man, it, it is definitely like, we dug deep. We did our homework before the draft. Um, Hooper was tight end six last year, and I felt like somebody that people were kind of sleeping on. I obviously had no way, shape, or form thought he was going to put up the numbers he has. But, yeah, um, at the same time, man, like we had done our homework on Godwin. We'd done our homework on Chubb. But at the turn, we really wanted to draft Sony Michelle, and Jake Davis drafted him, and we were just – devastated about it and decided to take Godwin instead and obviously obviously we're not mad about how that went but like you said man I mean so much of it just comes down to you're taking a stab in the dark with the best information you've got and we happen to hit on a lot of these guys so yeah I I definitely am stoked out of my mind um I don't know if I won 11 games ever in Sunday's Finest before I joined Ryan and go much less uh, the yeah, right now. I, th- I think we know where the success is coming from here, Jake. <laughs> for sure, for sure. But uh, yeah, we, we definitely, I think we've got a very tough matchup with Riley this week, uh, particularly with two of our highest scoring guys, Godwin and Chubb, being on bye. Um, AJ Green is still out right now. And so yeah, this, this is a hard matchup for us. And I believe we play Jacob and Zach week 13, which uh, man, that could be uh, potential showdown. Um, yeah, we do. We play them week 13, which at this rate looks like it could be a fight for the regular season championship. So won't get too far ahead of ourselves, but yeah, we, we've got a tough schedule down the stretch. Sure. Yeah. You guys look good. Can't, can't front, but now you're not allowed to talk any, any, any more good things about your team because I did it enough. I basically just slobbed on your team's knob for a little bit. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so that uh, brings us to the conclusion of where we think uh, people, like six weeks into the season, you know, get a lot more data where we think these teams actually lie, if they're going to make the playoffs, if they're going to miss it. Um, and now it's going to bring us to the the important part of the show, bringing on uh, the guest who has wanted to get on here as long as he's been in the league and as long as the podcast has been going, and that is Alex Lott. You want to bring him on, Jake? Let's do it.
How you doing? I'm doing good, boys. Nice to be here. It's an honor. Um, I I had to throw some plugs in the group me to get on here before my season was completely irrelevant. I think I still have an outside shot at making the playoffs. So thanks for having me on today. Yeah, you definitely lobbied for it, and uh, and you it would have been even sweeter if you had won this last week. You lost in brutal, brutal fashion, but if you had won this last week, we would have crapped on your team like no other, and then you would have gone two and zero since then. And even so, you're you know looking up and one one and five is not a good place to be, but you know you could turn it around. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, my big takeaway from the last pod, outside of you know getting totally destroyed was I might need to <laughs> I might need to drop Nelson Aguilar so after dropping Nelson Aguilar from my team things actually turned around for me um, unfortunately this week was probably one of the the more brutal losses of my fantasy career because I did the the early celebration that Jacob was mentioning in the group me I was just totally chilling totally relaxed going into Sunday night I thought there was no chance James Conner was going for 30 points yeah um, I turned the game on about halftime and he had 25 points so at that point I knew <laughs> I was toast it, it was just especially brutal that he literally like he kind of got hurt and was on the sideline for a while and then he came in and carried or like caught for like six yards to put them up and then left the game and never come back yeah, I honestly, towards the end, was hoping he would break off a touchdown on or something just to put me out of my misery um, <laughs> and not have me asking these what-ifs that you always do with fantasy football. Sure. Um, but no, it's funny. I was actually busy on Sunday night, and when I first looked at my phone, the group me notification that was showing was Hunter, and he said, carry me, James. And <laughs> when I read that te- or when I read that notification... I knew something was going terribly wrong. So, yeah. um, great win for those guys, but just a brutal loss for me. Sure. Yeah, yeah dude. I, I was just I was looking ahead at um, both the scoreboard for this week and the schedule for next week. And honestly, man, like there is a realistic scenario in which I think you can sneak back in. There's just such a logjam of teams in the middle right now. And I think that honestly, if I were you, I'd be rooting for some of these other one and five and two and four teams to to pull an upset this week and and that way it's really kind of solidifies in the middle but what what do you see as the path back to to really fight and claw your way back to to the playoff contention this year yeah so that's a great point you bring up I think every week for the last several I've cheered for Andrew I cheer for Chase I cheer for Jake Davis just those lower level teams if they can throw a loss on one of those middling teams that's really good for me um, honestly, at this point, Jake, I cheer for you and Ryan. Um, <laughs> you're in. That's you the last thing they need right now is, is more <laughs> ego boost. You're in the playoffs. It's it's inevitable at this point. So if you can start just knocking off teams um, in the middle, that's only good for me. Uh, and then honestly, like even some of those four and two teams, they obviously could could fall here towards the end. But any of those teams in the middle, um, I just got to hope they lose. And then I think my next four or five games are pretty winnable. I've got Connor this week. Um, I've got Chase and Andrew the two weeks after that, and then Madison and Steph. So obviously there's nothing guaranteed, as we learned from Steph a couple weeks ago on this podcast. (laughs) Um, But I think if I can get through there and win maybe four out of five and get hot and get lucky, um, I could come out of that five and six and then hope to sneak in at the end. So we'll see what happens. But 
not given yeah. up quite yet. Until you got seven losses in this league, you still got a chance. So yeah, we'll yeah. See. I think the thing is though, you know, like you said, like I mean, ever since we went to fourteen teams, I don't think there's been a team that's made the playoffs that's beneath seven and six. So you have to get to seven and six, I feel like, to like your chances, unless something just crazy happens. This is a pretty small margin for error, but like you said, I mean, the schedule the schedule looks pretty favorable. I mean, it's not you know like like anybody can score 160 points on any given week, but the teams that you play are not like the juggernauts. You've kind of already gotten those out of the way. So yeah, I don't know. We might be seeing Alex in a different place in three or four weeks. Yeah, and I, I think so. the fact that uh, you know. You've got two of the, the lowest scoring teams in the league. Plus, you mentioned this, playing uh, Connor, playing Madison, playing Steph. Those are three of the teams that you've got to, to climb over to have any hope of getting back into the playoffs. But if you beat them, it's not only a win for you, it's a loss in their column as well. So, yeah, man, I, I, I'd say the window is small, but you're still alive. <laughs> and uh, just know that I am I'm cheering for you also. I cheer for anybody, basically, who hasn't won a championship yet, so... Uh, Mason, I'm not hoping you win uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I don't blame yeah. you. I, I mean, I, I root against everybody else that has already won championships too, so it's yeah. fair. fair. Um, so we talked a little bit about the other teams that are coming up on your schedule, Alex. So moving away from your team um, and looking at others, what is one team that you're buying right now and then one team that you're selling? Yeah, I think the team I'm buying, which actually I took a look at the teams this morning and it surprised me that they were my buy because if you asked me a week ago, they probably would have been my sell. And that is my two senior year college roommates, Jacob Morris and Zach Lauterwasser. Um, Mm -hmm. I think with that Patriots defense, they have kind of been able to withstand the storm of Saquon's injury and some other things that have um, happened early on in the year and now you look at their team and they've got Saquon coming back um, they've got Lamar Jackson who hot take I'm going to put a hot take in with with my buy um, and with myself I think at some point this year Lamar Jackson will set the single game fantasy scoring record for a quarterback Whoa. yeah um, it's 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 very achievable very achievable he's the guy that like can do it it's like Michael Vick types that can do I that mean, he sure. had 30 points this week and he scored one touchdown so Incredible. if he has a game where he scores four or five touchdowns, even with the same yardage output, um, you could be looking at 45, 50 points, which for a quarterback is just unheard of. Um, so, you know, they've got Lamar, they've got Saquon coming back. Um, their receivers are looking are looking super solid with Adam Thielen with the Vikings throwing the ball more. Um, they've got T.Y. Hilton for a high upside guy. And then they bring in Larry Fitzgerald for their flex, who's just a super steady high-end wide receiver too, even though he's got to be 50 years old by now. Um, yeah. So I know they've got um, a little bit of an issue at at tight end, but they've been riding the Dawson Knox and Jeremy <laughs> Sprinkle train, and it's been going well for them. So um, yeah, time. I think Jacob and Zach have a really good outlook for the rest of the season. I'm glad I got them out of the way when they had some some injuries and things like that. Yeah, 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 they're they're a team that we were talking about earlier in the pod. I mean, I think the two teams that we feel the best about are obviously Jake and Ryan's, and then like I mean, yeah, Jacob and and Zach's definitely looks the the most solid six weeks in. All of the like things that you said. I mean, it makes me chuckle every single time we talk about their tight end situation because <laughs> <laughs> Dawson Knox. I mean, come on, this guy like literally looks like a a comic book character. um with the freaking headband and whatever but i mean other than that their team is just pretty unbelievable yeah i uh i think the every time we mention on the pod that they've um 
bid on another quarterback and they get a blue <laughs> ribbon. They add another quarterback. They now have four QBs on their roster. What so, is the purpose I'm, of that? <laughs> I'm just going to mention it again because if we keep mentioning it, by like week 12, their entire bench will be nothing but quarterbacks and they won't have anybody to sub it in the playoffs. So I'm <laughs> going to keep mentioning it in hopes that that's the lucky formula here. That's great. Um, yeah, Jake, you want the next question? Yeah, Alex. So, talk oh, wait, wait, wait. About... We, didn't hear, we didn't hear Alex's uh, team he's selling. Give us oh, that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'll be quick on the sell. First, I want to give an honorable mention. Mason, you were my next. Um, my next buy candidate, I think your team is far better than three and three. So just want to give you a little shout out uh, in the buy in the buy column. But my sell is actually Madison Ladder. Um, you know, his his points for is relatively low to this point in the season. And I think Aaron Rodgers isn't the Aaron Rodgers of old. And I don't think he has the weapons he needs. I look at his receivers and I get worried about guys like Jarvis Landry who just haven't been able to perform. And now Odell is there. And um, obviously Baker's had some issues. His running backs are super thin. Um, obviously, David Johnson's awesome. Uh, James White is a little bit uh, hit or miss in that Patriots backfield. And I think behind that, he has Jalen Richard and Mike Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, and then his tight end situation is a little bit murky. Delaney Walker um, and TJ Hawkinson haven't performed how, how we thought they would after a couple yeah. weeks of the season. So, mm-hmm. so Madison's team worries me a little bit. Obviously, the Cooper Cup has been great. Um, but if I was Madison, I'd, I'd be a little concerned. Um, so, yeah, and I think my honorable mention for, for the sell would be Connor because uh, he, he's got me on his schedule this week. So, yeah. um, if I was him, I'd be a little worried. Um, obviously, his receivers his receivers are great, but World outside class. of that, if, if they don't carry him, um, I just don't know who else is going to get him any points. Yeah, yeah, going after the two four and two teams, I like that. That's tenacity and definitely yeah. would see you boosted if both of those teams start falling. So. Yeah, it was a tough episode for Madison Ladder. I already kind of roasted his squad a little bit, and yeah. um, I think uh, Mason came to his defense a little bit there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm selling that that squad as well. But you know, Madison always finds a way to to work things out. And he had a season a couple years ago, Alex. That was a bit like yours, where it felt like you know he had a very good team and just had no luck and kept losing heartbreaking games. So maybe maybe. It, what comes around goes around, Alex, and next season you'll be four and two with uh, like third least points for. So you never know what'll happen. One can only hope. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, hey, um, moving a little bit away from fantasy football and just into real life, tell us a little bit about um, what is your favorite part of working at Under Armour? Yeah, I mean, there's so many things to like. I think. People look at Under Armour and they wonder kind of what the culture is like. And at the end of the day, it's still super corporate, um, still stressful, still have a lot going on. But no matter no matter how stressful the job gets or whatever, like I, I I sit and I think, you know, at the time of this this podcast recording, it's the middle of my work day um, for everyone else out there. So I literally mm-hmm. just took time in the middle of my day. I'm wearing jeans and a T-shirt to work. Um, I'm recording this podcast. I'll probably head down to the gym here in a little bit, get a quick workout in, hop back up, might see an athlete on my way upstairs, and there might be some <laughs> free samples sitting out um, on my floor in the building. So it's like, it's it's a corporate job, but sometimes it doesn't always feel like it. And mm-hmm. I think uh, working here is my first job has definitely jaded my perception. So I think wherever I might <laughs> go next, I might be like, oh, wait, you're telling me I got to wear, wear that to work every day or I can't go work out in the middle of the day. So. Um, some of those yeah. things you kind of take for granted, but there's just a lot to like. 
Yeah, it sounds like a lot of personal freedom they grant you guys. And I'm, and I'm sure it's like cool having your finger on the pulse of like just like whatever's going on in Under Armour. Like obviously they're like big in the sports industry and somewhat of trendsetters. And so, I mean, I don't know if you're like sitting in on the meetings where they're like discussing strategy or anything like that, but you certainly like know directions before we do, which probably has to feel pretty cool. For sure. Yeah, it's good to work somewhere that's uh, an industry that you kind of care about. Um, so being in sports apparel and being for a brand who's all about making people better um, and making athletes better is has been pretty cool. So um, definitely a great place to work. Awesome. Yeah. Love it. My guy, Joel Embiid, uh, is an Under Armour guy. So if you ever see him around the office, just tell him what's up for me. <laughs> Yeah, he actually came to our Christmas party last year. <laughs> um, that's why I love him. He, I that's just what he does, man. Yeah. yeah was he Santa? Did he, did you <laughs> no, what I you wish. wanted for Christmas? I wish seven foot Santa, man. That'd be a little awesome. something. Yeah. So I'm. Uh, I mean, if you're if you're willing to do a you know a little uh, trivia game where some somebody ends up with some Under Armour gear here in the near future, you know, I, I wouldn't say no to that either. Which is like a nice. All part. right. Might have to might have to bring some goodies or something to the banquet oh. and uh, <laughs> and implement something new to our league. So we'll see. Love that. Yeah, I, I love that. That's good. Um, obviously, a huge plug there. Got us our gear too, which we love. It's fantastic. Shouts out to you for that. Um, moving away from the corporate world and from job, um, we're going to talk about just the real NFL for a moment, and that's about the Colts. Look pretty good right now. What do you think their outlook is for the rest of the season? Yeah, they look great. Obviously, I think um, Chris Ballard, the GM, has done a great job building a culture there that's more about the team rather than individual players. Um, so sitting at 3-2 and two with the Andrew Luck retirement, with Darius Leonard missing games, Malik Hooker missing games, T.Y. Hilton missing a game. I don't think I could be happier. Obviously, the loss to the Raiders, you feel like you should have won that one. But mm -hmm. at three and two, we've got the Texans this week. Um, if we beat them, we're going to be leading the division. It's at home. So got to feel good about that with Leonard and Malik Hooker coming back. Jacoby Brissett looks like he's he's the real deal and he can lead this team with a great O-line and a great running game. Um, so, you know, I'm confident. I, I told some of the guys, my mom this year for my birthday actually got me a bet slip for the Colts to win the Super Bowl. She got it yeah. for everyone in my family. So if they win the Super Bowl, our family is going to be going on some sort of vacation. <laughs> so I, obviously, when Andrew Luck retired, we thought that was going out the window, but it oh, looks like no. they might still have a chance. So we'll see. Yeah, they uh, look we'll good. See. Yeah, it's it's amazing to me how how seamlessly Brissett stepped in. Obviously, like the offense looks different now, more on heavy. But I mean, he's been great. Like he's like done enough to like not lose games, and even done enough to like keep him in games. And then you know you let the the defense and the run game kind of take you home there. Um, and obviously the win at Arrowhead is amazing. Like it's an incredible win. Um, so it's only gonna uh, spell good things for him in the future. Yeah. Shout out to to Hunter Trinaman. I think he would agree with this statement. But I think so much of football comes down to your line and. Uh, the Colts' offensive line is just ridiculous right now. So if you give a, any NFL-caliber quarterback time in the pocket, open up holes for the running backs to run, you're you're going to do all right. It seems like that's how things are looking for the Colts right now. They've got their schedule. Speaking of upcoming schedules, their schedule coming up, I think they've got uh, the Broncos, the Steelers, the Dolphins coming up three of the next four weeks. That's, that's not uh, exactly a tough schedule either. So hopefully you uh, will be celebrating some dubs both in the uh, – the NFL fandom category and in fantasy football, Alex. Yes, one definitely is more likely than the other, but yes, hopefully both. <laughs> For sure, man. 
<laughs> Very good. All right, so we'll move away from all this and head to the important stuff. Yes. The real things that everyone came to learn about, and that is the potato rankings, uh, something we've been doing with every guest here. Uh, we sent you in advance um, the, uh, the candidates, um, and you're going to tell us now which of the ways that you like your fries is your favorite, the top two. Yeah, so I've given this a lot of deliberation, mm. um, but it was fairly easy for me. There were two that clearly stood out ab uh, above the rest, and they're, they're a bit different, but um, number one for me is sweet potato fries. Mm. Um, yes. Give me, give me a good steak with some sweet potato fries, oh, and, and, and I'm good to go. And, and they say it's a complex carb, so it's healthier for you, so... You know, that means I can eat as many as I want. I don't feel bad, um, yeah. but it's a little bit different. It's, um, you know, it's it's just an, an absolute staple yeah. in the potato I'm game. Getting, so man, I'm getting so hungry. It's so close yeah, to that's my number one. salivating. I oh might have God. sweet potato fries for breakfast. Please. <laughs> oh, it's number and, two. And coming in at number two, this one was a little tougher, but but still felt pretty easy. And, oh, and it's please. the waffle fry. It's the waffle fry. Okay, it's good. And it's good. the thing that that set the waffle fry the waffle fry apart from the rest is that if I'm eating waffle fries, I'm probably at Chick Fil A. Mm. So, so that did it for me, and, and just that waffle fry combo with a good spicy chicken sandwich yeah. um, and, and a large lemonade, maybe even a shake oh. afterwards, mm. can't be beat. Golly. Can't be beat. That sounds really good. There was a hot second where I honestly thought you were going to say smiley fries. And I would have <laughs> wept. Oh, oh man. man. What's your, uh, your go-to Chick-fil-A sauce, Alex? You know, this, this might be a cold take, but I'm not a big fan of Chick-fil-A sauce. I'm not yeah. either, bro. I'm with uh, you. I don't, I don't think it's a cold take. It's okay. just like honey mustard, basically. Yeah, I, honestly, I just like ketchup. <clears throat> Give me some ketchup and I'm good. Um, right. I I love going to. I mean, if I could use Zach sauce or cane sauce on Chick Fil A, I would, but that just doesn't feel right. Um, so unless unless they start selling Zach sauce and cane sauce at, at grocery stores, I think I'm just gonna stick with ketchup or barbecue sauce. Maybe if I'm feeling a little, I'm feeling a little crazy. You they should do that. It's a genius idea. I'd buy that. You mentioned Alex the uh, the spicy chicken sandwich. If you like spicy. Um, you should check out the sweet and spicy sriracha sauce at Chick-fil-A. It's pretty fire with both fries and on your sandwich. All right. I'll, yeah. I'll take a note and I might head there here in a few. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Very good. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, Alex, we are going to go into our lightning round questions to finish up our time here. Are you ready? I think I am. All right. Alex, sourdough or wheat bread? Wheat. How many league members could you beat in a boxing match? 16. Oh, my God. Oh, all right, all right. Like Honestly, for Alex, of, every, of anybody in the group other than maybe Hunter, I would believe that of Alex. Yeah, I was going to say 15 because I, I think you and Hunter would be a good match. Yeah, I didn't think about Hunter. <laughs> He's a big boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. maybe 15, maybe 15. Yep. All right, Alex, can you name one of the seven dwarfs? Uh, Mopey? Yeah, I don't even know that's if that's right or not, but whatever. Sleepy? We'll go to the next question. <laughs> um, what's your go-to dinner spot in Baltimore? Go-to dinner spot? 
It is Nick's Fish House, and several league members have been up there to Nick's Fish House, so shout out to you guys that have come to visit. Heck yeah. Great Alex, crab cakes, great seafood. Oh, give me the crab cakes. That's so good. I gotta stop talking about food. This yeah. is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm so hungry. Uh, okay, Alex, how many pull-ups can you do in a row? Uh, probably 20. Yeah. I've done 20 pull-ups in my life. Yeah, I think that's that's a pretty small number, Alex. Why are you why are you uh, why are you weak, man? I've lost no. a step, man. I've lost yeah, a step. Exactly. Um, what's the fastest speed you've ever driven in a car? Uh, hundred miles per hour. There you go. Right on down Shelbyville Road. Uh, no, I <laughs> I. I think it was actually in my old Jeep, which is probably why it stopped working. I, <laughs> nice. I was going, I remember I one day Jeep. I was going like 85 miles per hour and I had never gone a hundred before. And I was like, you know, this is something I have to do. Mm-hmm. So it probably wasn't the right time to do it in the Jeep, which didn't make it much, much longer than that. Oh, but yeah. Um, but yeah, don't push it too far over a hundred. Yeah. I'm sure it was shaking uncontrollably. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Alex, um, what is your favorite episode of Star Wars? Ooh. I will say episode five. Oh yeah, yeah, that's good. That's the classic. That's the that's the safe option there. It's not a hot take. It's the one that everyone loves. And I'm, I'm yeah, right I there. I was scared. You. I was honestly scared to say anything else. So. <laughs> <laughs> Respect. All right, uh, I'm gonna skip the next question. Yeah. Um, got a challenge for you. Say "good day, mate" in an Australian accent. Good day, mate. Uh, not bad. I'm getting somewhere. You could probably right. voice an Outback commercial. I, I would believe <laughs> With it. With some nice sweet potato fries. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Speaking of which, Alex, what is your favorite carb? Bread, pasta, rice, or potatoes? Uh, I'm going to have to say potatoes. All right. Yeah. I would, I, would, I would kill for some potatoes right now. Unbelievably. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Um, which would you rather have? Stale Sour Patch Kids or fresh veggie straws? <laughs> that is not even close man it's still sour patch kids yes <laughs> there let's is. go man, there I've got these are my weakness there's if there's candy sitting out i don't care if it's been there for a year i'm eating it so. <laughs> yeah, love, it. love it love it all right in the final question the indianapolis colts will finish the season at what record they will finish the season at 12 and 4 Oh. And Super Bowl champs. Oh wow. yeah! Shoot your shot, man. There's God. gonna be a lot of takes that people are gonna have, be responsible for at the end of this uh, <laughs> this season. Because I think Trent said that 49ers are Super Bowl champs too. Is that right? Yeah. And well, the Browns got to give. Yeah, exactly. Take, I don't know what was colder, Steph's take about his team just being unbeatable, or the Browns being unbeatable. <laughs> They're both looking pretty beatable right now. <laughs> Oh gosh, we can't do this. We can't crap on Steph because now he's gonna beat me by a thousand. <laughs> true, true. Maybe that was a reverse, reverse psychology there. Yeah, exactly. Score eighty points this week, Steph. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's all the time we have. Um, Alex, thanks so much for coming on. You were a pleasure to have, and glad we finally got you on the pod. Yeah, guys, thanks for having me. It was a blast. Um, hopefully. Um, here in the future, you can roast whoever else has Nelson Aguilar. Um, <laughs> he surely will not be on my team. So, uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So uh, this has been Sunday's finest. 
Um, special shout out to the women's league as well. Um, as their season's heating up, um, we might just have a guest from the women's league here in a few episodes. Quick we'll shout see. out, quick shout out to to Madison, my Madison, four and two, third sitting in third place. Um, she uh, might think she's better than me at fantasy now because I'm one in five, <laughs> but you know I can live vicariously through her. So uh, yeah. I know the feeling. Very good. It's going to be hard to, for anybody to beat Katie, though, in the long term, because I don't know if you've looked at her team, but it's an yeah. absolute juggernaut. Yeah. All right. Um, well, yeah, thanks for listening. We'll be back in uh, two more weeks for the next pod. Um, we'll see you guys next time. See you guys next time.